Remain standing. Jesus make me more like thee. You may be seated if you desire. Give me a heart that's filled with love and make me more like thee. Is that your desire this afternoon? Sing it unto him. Make me more like thee. Jesus, make me more like thee. Give me a heart that's filled. I want to live, I want to live the way He wants me to live. I want to give until there's just no more to give. I want to love, love till there's just no up to him once again want to live the way he wants me to live I want to give until there's just no more to give I want to love love till there's just no Once again, learning to lead, learning to lead. I am learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I absolute that we can lean on amen. amen praise god thank god that we can lean on here sister trudy i don't know if you're gonna want to sing
just bless us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You have to do it then. Bless you, saints. Praise God. You know I'm still, still, still pressing my battle. Oh, I'm bound, determined to run on all the way. And it won't be very long till I press my way home. I gotta press on, yeah, I'll press on all the way. You see, I've learned a lesson from a little Lily. It's what struggling we need the miry clay. Spun by sheer desire, that Lily stand up. Makes me press on, makes me press on all the way. I said I'm still, still, still pressing my battle. Oh, I'm bound, determined to run on all the way. And it won't be very long till I press my way home. I gotta press on, yeah, I'll press on all the way. You see, if God provided for a tiny sparrow, oh, surely he will meet my every need. How can I give up when he fills my empty cup? Makes me press on, makes me press on all the way. Yeah, I said I'm still, still, still pressing my battle. Oh, I'm bound, determined to run on all the way. And it won't be very long till I press my way home. I gotta press on, yeah, I'll press on all the way. You see, the race has not been given to the swift one, but it's to him that will endure till the press my final round then I receive my heavenly crown makes me press on makes me press on all the way yeah I said I'm still 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 pressing my battle oh I'm bound determined to run on all the way and it won't be very long till I press my press on yeah I'll press on all the way yeah I said I'm still 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 pressing my battle oh I'm bound determined to run on all the way and it won't be very long till I press my way home I gotta press on yeah I'll press on all the way I gotta press on, yeah, I'll press on all the way.
Crazy. Amen. How many are determined? Amen. I've got to press on all the way. I got to finish what I started. I got to be committed. Amen. Commitment. You don't see that to many people nowadays. Amen. But I believe the bride of Christ is committed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't have too many. Brother Gary, you want to come help us take a part? No? Okay. <laughs> Well, Terrence, come on, help us take a fall. <clears throat> hey, if you don't want to, you don't want to. Amen. Amen. Let's sing the song, The Lifeboat. flat we're floating down the stream of time we have not long to stay the stormy clouds of darkness will turn to brightest day then let us all take courage now soon is coming to gather the jewels home then cheer my brother cheer our trials will soon be o'er our loved ones we shall meet shall meet upon the golden shore we're and we're strangers here we're seeking a city to come the lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home sometimes the devil tempts me and says it all in vain to try to in Jesus name but then we hear the master say I'll lend you a helping hand and if you'll only trust me I'll guide you to that land then cheer my brother cheer our trials will soon we shall meet shall meet upon the golden shore we're pilgrims and we're strangers here we're seeking a city to come the lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home the lifeboat soon is coming my eyes of faith i see as she sweeps through the waters to rescue you and me and land us safely in 
since we love so dear get ready cries the captain oh look she's almost here then cheer my brother cheer our trials will soon be o'er our loved ones we shall meet shall meet upon the golden shore we're pilgrims and we're strangers here we're seeking a city to come a lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home oh now's the time to get on board while she is passing by but if you stand and wait too long you shall forever die your fare is paid for one and all the captain bids you come and get on board the lifeboat she'll carry you safely home then cheer my brother cheer our trial will soon be o'er our loved ones we shall meet shall meet upon the golden shore we're pilgrims and we're strangers here we're seeking a city to come a lifeboat soon is coming to gather let's stand to our feet let's sing that chorus one more time then cheer my brother cheer our trials will soon be o'er our loved ones we shall meet shall meet upon the goal this shore we're pilgrims and we're strangers here we're seeking a city to come the lifeboat soon is coming to gather jewels home praise the lord jesus so glad we hear the lifeboat coming amen amen let's sing uh Open the uh, uh no, open the eyes of my heart. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, key of F. Key of F. I like to sing this before the preacher comes out because it's us turning our eyes to the word. Amen. Amen. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. As Brother Wade gets ready to come. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of this earth Will grow strangely thin In the light of his glory and grace Once again Full in his wonderful face. 
strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Sing it to him again. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Sing that song, you know. You remember when Jesus left and came back on the day of Pentecost and just a few days after that, you got um, Peter, I believe it was, Peter and John, was it, at the gate, beautiful. And what'd they say? Look on us. Look on us. Look, look this way. Don't worry about what's going on here. Don't look down at your feet. Don't worry about what the next guy's doing over here. Look on us. Focus. Focus on us. It wasn't, it wasn't Peter saying, hey, look at me. No, you're saying focus because what I got, I'm fixing to give to you. And I don't want any distraction for that. And uh, that's kind of like what Brother Ryan was talking about, distractions in here. We, we're, we're all guilty of, of um, saying things in church that are, uh, you know, shouldn't be, not that they're not to be said. It's just the timing of it. And uh, make sure all of our conversations, and I know there's sometimes you can't help it, but try to do it outside. Make sure the next service is not disturbed. All right. Uh, so let's go to the, let's go to John 1 1. Remember, uh, Brother Bob will be back. Uh, I'll be speaking Wednesday night, so just keep me in prayer. Brother Joe Canada and them, they're on vacation. We've got several ones that are out. Uh, be, remember the BYC camp in October. Uh, sign up. See if you can go with them. Uh, July the 1st, that's this coming Saturday. We'll have service at 5 o'clock. Brother Richard Douglas will be with us. And then the next day will be Brother Mike Altig, and we'll only have one service. And we will have a meal afterwards. And if you are coming, you need to make sure that you see Brother Terrence and Sister Lisa for the menus. So you can go ahead and pre-order um, your menu so that they'll have it ready after the service is over. They'll be out here in the yard with a truck, and we just go pick it up. They'll call your name or your family. They don't. We need Every person needs a paper, all right? So if you got five people in your family, you need five papers to tell what you want Um for them to fix and they'll fix them while we're having service but we sure appreciate them doing that for us remember july 14 15 16 will be at brother uh, andre heads there's now about 55 going so please if you're if if you're not going to go on friday night you need to let me know because i don't want to get 15 rooms for friday night and about 10 of you show up saturday all right so if you come in friday that's cool if you come in just Saturday, that's fine. We'll get you one room. But we, we don't need to get more rooms than we need Friday, and they said empty, and we have to pay $200 a night for the room, and it just sat there empty. 
All right. So just make sure you let me know. Some have told me already that they won't be here there until Saturday, which is fine. But we need to know to get rooms or not get rooms. So there's going to be close to 55 people going. Uh, they will. I forgot to announce this morning. There will be a service here. Brother Bob Black is coming back Saturday night, and he's going to be doing the service here on Sunday. There will only be one service. It will not be live streamed. It will be recorded. Um, I think Josh will be here. Uh, Michael's can't get off work, so Brother Michael will be here. He can lead singing. Brother Bob will be doing the speaking, but there will only be one service, and it will not be online, all right, because there won't be anybody in the back. They'll all be up there. All right, so, but we will record it on a CD like we have always before, and we keep them. And, and Brother Joe and him will be able to put that online in case you want to listen to it. But there won't be any uh, video that I know because everybody else is going to be in uh, supporting uh, Brother Andre up there at his church. And then remember, make sure you tell us whether you're going to stay for the farmer's daughter to go eat Sunday afternoon after service. And uh, please let us know if you're going to stay or not stay. All right. <clears throat> so just keep these things in prayer. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Remember also July 29th about the singing on Saturday. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So uh, it's almost July already. So another year's heading out of here. But we're one day closer. We're one day closer to getting out of here. One day. One day closer, one 24-hour day. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this day. And as we were told to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, and we know that John said on the Isle of Patmos that he was in the Lord's day. So it's not a 24-hour day, but it's a day that you are present. And Lord, I pray that you would show your presence today, Lord, in the Speaking of your word and the hearing and the revealing of your word, Lord, in the revealing of our healing, Lord, we all in this building need something in our body for you to touch. And, Lord, we pray that you'll touch us, Father. And be with us now in the furtherment of this service. Be with each one that's sick and not with us, ones that are on vacation, the ones that are traveling. Lord, we pray that you'd keep your hand on them, Lord, as they travel back home. Lord, forgive us of our sins and our many mistakes. Be with us in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word is fixing the form somewhere and was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You may be seated. Lord, add His blessing to the reading of the Word. Philippians 2, verse 3, because we're going to get to this, I hope, this afternoon. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Amen. All right, so we're talking, we're, uh, when you get to that word selfish, that takes that out of the way. If you esteem others better than yourself, you have took selfishness out of the way. Because look at that last word themselves you esteem someone else better than you second yeah. peter 1 verse 5 we know that we're heading down let's keep on going because now we've went from godliness now we're parked on brotherly kindness but just remember i want you to remember that that god told us 
through a prophet. God told us in the Bible, he told us through all the prophets, that there would come a day that there would be a bride on the earth that would be without spot or wrinkle. Not that we were going to go to heaven and get that, but that somebody's going to come to that here on this side. <clears throat> so someone is going to have to come to completion, perfection, uh, that Genesis 126 man in full view, as we were talking about this morning. That's very important. That Genesis 126 man is your new birth. That is your, and we're going to read it in just a minute. Brother Branham talks about all these other loves being created because remember in the Garden of Eden, you started with agape love. There was love and it was no perversion. There was no, they were both naked and I'm sure they both sat around and talked with each other and they all, they paled hands or they were husband and wife. But with that Holy Ghost veil on them, there was nothing to um, just try to make it clean or make it PG. There was nothing there to, to, to make them do what they did later on. All right, because they had a Holy Ghost veil. So see, you get the Holy Ghost, it'll help you, I promise you. It'll help you with your desires and your lust and your wants and all those different things. I said it would help you. You're still a free moral agent. You still live in a, I was going to say a dog body. You still live in a human animal body. So do I. Let's just be honest. We, don't, we can't walk around like this all the time, you know. Because, you know, let, let, me, let me just let you in on a little secret, Life Lesson 473. That's why the priest and, and the Catholic priest do what they do. There's a desire in man to procreate. There's a desire in man to get with a woman and, and, or your wife and procreate, right? But when, that's, when they told in the Catholic Church that you can't have a wife, they got to fulfill their desire somehow, and that's what gets them down to perversion, as we are talking about, Brother Brown. So that was created not by God. It was created by the devil. That love is turned to lust and all that other stuff. If they would let them priests have wives, they wouldn't do the things they do. Amen? Because that's where they get into trouble. But you see, though, it's the perversion of the doctrine that they've been told that you got to stay single, man. I don't understand that. They said Peter was the first pope. He had a mama. I mean, uh, he had a mother-in-law. Right? So he was married. You see how perverted that is, though, because we just say, oh, well, okay, it's the Catholic Church, and they tell us to do this, and that's what we do. No. <clears throat> if you'll get Christ in you, as we're looking here today, if you'll get Christ in you, the hope of glory, there's only one way that God's going to totally identify himself in the end time is through me and you. In human flesh... In an animal body, that's what we all are. Brother Brown tells us we're animal flesh. That's why we come to the higher order of creative evolution is he created the animals in human flesh, and then he created man in his own image, though, and he created us, spirit man first. Right. Then he put this into the Genesis 2-7 man, which was a body of flesh, which is animal flesh, a higher form of flesh, and then there's where man fell, and God knew that. But he could not display his attributes or any of these right here. Y'all know if, if we didn't have a fall, there wouldn't even be a Bible. If there was no fall, there wouldn't be a Bible. There would be no need to make one. 
You would be the children of God, and God had you all in his mind, and you came in, in continuance. Uh, Adam and Eve gets together, speak the word of God. Here you come, and here you are. And that's when you just start living in uh, a life, and then all of a sudden your body's going to be made eternal somewhere down the road. Isn't that what it, Brother Brown was talking about? Their youth was being renewed. This didn't have to be renewed. This is the Genesis 126 man, the eternal part of God. Amen? Can't lose that. God will never give you eternal life and take it away from you. He didn't give eternal life to Adam and take it away from him. He didn't give it to Eve. As bad as what she did, he did not take it away from her. He took away from her the ability for the whole form to be eternal. Because that's what we're going back to. The whole form of me is going to be eternal. The whole form of you is going to be made eternal. That's body, spirit, and soul. Everybody with me? But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach... You know, I was, just a few minutes ago, everybody know who's Adrian, who Adrian Rogers is? Most of you do. But he, he was a wonderful, it was a, he'd have been a good message believer. But he was a good preacher. He was kind of like the Charles Stanley and the different one. But Adrian Rogers was, um, he was a, a pastor of a church, and he was kind of the first one that really, I think, went online and, and, and not online, but they recorded his sermons, and he, they put it online. But anyway, he was preaching a few minutes ago. I was watching it. And it's a striking thing. He said, you know, he said, he said, if you don't make church important, okay, then your kids are going to look at you, all right? If your kids look at you and see that you don't think church is important, they don't think church is important. That's why it's parental delinquency, Brother Brown said. The, the adults quit going to church in Brother Brown's time, and that's why he would look at them and say, hey, it's not a kid's problem, it's your problem. But if you don't make that important, but if you make it important, then the kids are going to see that it's important. And that generation, that's why the generations of churches are, you know, falling apart and different things. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people going to church. But are they really going to church? And I, I like what he said. You know, he said, you got to make it a priority because if you don't make it a priority, then it's not going to be a priority to your kids. And that's pretty simple. I mean, you, you, we try to say, well, we need to come to church. Yeah, I, I, I thought coming and being a Christian was living for others. I come to church to live for others. I come to church to bring something to you. Fellowship with you. Watch your kids grow up. It's what Brother Dale did for a generation. He watched generations grow up. And, and still sitting here, most of them. But what do we make important? When I, when I said whom we preach, look, warning every man. There's a warning. Love has a warning to it. And listen, true agape love is weird. According to humanity, agape love is weird because then nobody likes it. Jesus was the epitome of agape love. They hated him, right? He was the epitome. He wasn't just part of agape love. He was all of agape love. Everything he did, even when he planted a rope and drove the people out of the, hello, somebody, and drove the people out of the temple, that was agape love because agape love has judgment connected to it. Agape love has Something attached to it that when you have filial love, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> Sister June and I have been married 45, 44 years, 45 years coming up. 
Wow. <clears throat> we still have issues. Well, okay, then pray for us. We're the only one. And we'll never come to that perfection like we'll come with the Lord because we're on this side of humanity. All right? But we're preaching, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. So we're being taught when we do come to church and we do come to be better husband and wife, but better wife to God than anything else. I want to be a better wife to God. I, want, uh, I like what somebody said the other day. I was uh, watching somebody online, and, and it, was, it was beautiful because we, you've got all this gender stuff that we were talking about not too long ago. You know, they're this and this. You're going to be a man or a female or whatever you want to be, a dog, an animal, a pig, whatever you want to be, that's what you can be. <laughs> but God didn't set it up that way. And when it fell from that, that's when it all fell apart. So listen, if that made it fall apart, we got to get it all put back together. But if a woman will look at a man and say, hey, I'm going to trust you to be the head. I'm going to trust you to be the headship. I'm going to trust you to do your job. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. You know, you, sometimes you hold stuff up, see if anybody shoot at you. I'm going to trust you to do your job, not tell you your, how to do your job. Husband, you turn to your wife and you say the same thing. I appreciate you. If you stay in your position, in your godly position, everything will be fine. If you'll start that way, you won't have a lot of problems. Instead of saying, well, now you've got to be my head. No, that's the headship. What am I saying? We don't have to remind Christ that he's the head. We got to believe that he's the head. Not tell him what to do, but do what he said. Amen? Do what he said. Trust him. I trust God enough that whatever he tells me, that's exactly what I need to do. Right? Hello? I mean, instead of, instead of no, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't believe I, that cutting hair business or that going to church business. I, you know, that really ain't for me. Well, see, you've come out from under headship. Anytime you come out from under the word of God, you brought, you, you're naked. What happened to Eve when she stepped out from under headship? She should have said, hang on a minute. We're getting too deep here. Let me go get my husband. Because he's my head, and whatever he says, that's what I'll do. Even though they were co-equal in the uh, and the creation there where Brother Brown talks about, still, he was her head because he was the husband. All right? Because <clears throat> that whole establishment has to be that we look at Christ and say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'll do because you're the head. You're the husband. You're the man. You're the man. Right? You're the man. I want you to stay the man. I know you're the man. And I don't want to be that. I want to stay where I'm at. All right? Everybody with me? So that's what preaching does. Preaching brings headship. Preaching tells us what we're required to do by our head because our head is who? Christ. Our head is the Bible because the Bible is Christ. Amen? The message of the hour, it's an enhancement of what we already got in this right here. 
Remember, it gives us a love letter. If we have a question, there's an answer to that. And if there's not a direct cut answer, then God sent us a prophet to give us. What did he say? The correct interpretation? By divine inspiration. He sent us somebody that we can depend on. I can depend on this message to be correct. So then I put my then I put my all my worth in that. What happens is a lot of people that want especially like ones that are leaving the message, what they've done is they've never had true headship. They've always thought they had a little something extra that Brother Brown didn't bring or something this, uh, uh, you know, um, um, uh, quote their own self or something like that. You know, where Brother Brown really, really didn't mean that. No. Be submissive. Get out of the selfishness that we're in. That's going to that's gonna stop us from being. Now, that's not going to stop us from being Christians. If you're already up to, to brotherly kindness, you're getting pretty good. But you're not in adoption yet. You're heading toward adoption. You have the spirit of adoption, but you're not have come to adoption to where he puts that stamp or gives you that ring and says, I can trust you with what I've already said. I can trust you with this message of the hour. And there are certain people that, that, um, that have come to that place. Amen. Amen. That have come. There has to be. There has to be somebody that comes to that position to be able to teach us. What Brother Brown say in the Statue of Perfect Man? He said, Lord, he said, build me up. Then I might what? Teach others how to be that. Amen. And, we, and we've been around, uh, Brother Dale, different ones. I, I believe he's come where God can speak to the man and, and come to adoption. Amen. Okay? okay. I, I'm just going to say that. I believe that. Amen. And, we're he- Amen. and we're heading in that direction because you've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing to get you there. How are you going to get a first grader to tell you what's going to happen in college? No, you need somebody in college to tell you what college is going to be like. Amen. All right? Same way with the, the Word of God. Because remember, if you'll remember many, many times in your Christian experience, things were strange. Okay? Some of you are nodding. Some of you are asleep. But it's strange because it's contrary to what you were raised in. It was contrary to your nature. All that cussing. Part of your nature. But then when that got pulled out of me and I can replace them with words of wisdom and maybe with words that are not that that cut like that. That's strange. That's strange for us. And it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard to do a lot of things. But God gave us a, 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 he gave us a way to do it. And he gave us a position to come to. And this Age requires adoption, which requires we come to that statue of a perfect man up to where it says Holy Spirit. We must come to that, to where the disciples were, to where Peter and John could say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. What? They had that. They had it to right here. Because remember, the headstone had left, so the seals are not open. 
They knew they had to go on. Paul knew that he was going to pass. He didn't. He didn't. He was trying to remember. Brother Brown said he was trying to tell people that the rapture wasn't going to take place during his time. Now, what about a ministry where where it was revealed to him that hey, there's a lot of work. I'm just the bottom of this thing. I'm just the foundation, right? Right. But remember, he called himself a master builder. He was a master builder because he was the first one to get that foundation right. And then now me and you have come to a place to where we can live godly. All who live godly in Christ shall what? Suffer persecution. All right. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now look, it didn't say perfect in yourself. It said perfect in Christ Jesus. We have to look at Christ because he was our example. All right. So that's where godliness and Brother Brown said, yes, you can. I like that. You ought to put that on your refrigerator. Oh, yes, you can. Thus saith the Lord, you can do it. And listen, the reason he could say that is because by the spiritual eye of a prophet, he could see somebody come to that. I believe he could see that his message would bring somebody to that. That the message he was bringing was not for that group around him. It was for a group coming. It was for a group that was going to put those 1,100 sermons. Because you can ask, I mean, like Sister Cleta and different ones, you know, Brother Random would make the circle like go to Macon, and then it would be like three years later before he'd go back get to back to Macon again. Look at your look at your uh, dates. So he wouldn't. It's not like he's going to sit here and they were at the tabernacle every Sunday. No, he would, you know, preach at different places and come back around. And that's all they had. They'd have 1,100 sermons. They didn't have 1,100 sermons on their watch. To where if somebody says something, they pull up a quote. We do. We do. We have it instantly available right here in front of me. I can throw any quote you need up here within about a minute. All right? Does that make us puffed up and heady and high-minded? No, it does not. It makes us to where we can get available information through the preaching of the gospel. The only way the word's going to be made flesh is through... Doctrine. To the doctrine which is according to godliness. So there's a doctrine according to godliness, and they're together. They're matched. So somewhere there's a doctrine that's going to take us or a set of ideas or beliefs that are taught or believed to be true, and but it's going to take us somewhere. Listen, the doctrine of the Baptist is going to take them somewhere. It's going to take them, sorry, to the tribulation period. The Methodist doctrine is going to take them to the tribulation period. Is our doctrine going to do that too? Think about it. It will not if you'll stay in that doctrine. As Paul said, continue in my doctrine. Continue. In this, Romans 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the what? I'm not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of it because it's the power. Because it's power with character, as we were talking about this morning. Power with character is fit to rule. Power with character, you better know one thing for sure. The first thing you got to get ruled over is this guy. All right? That's the first thing you need to get rulership over is this guy. And not me. You take your finger and point to yourself. This guy. All right? 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that what? Believeth. So now remember, we were talking about having a Holy Ghost veil. I believe that when we come to this right here, now get, don't get me wrong, when we come to this, we're going to talk about it maybe next time. Brother Brown said it was just like waves. It's something that covers over us. It's kind of like, uh, as Brother Brown was talking about, the honey. Man, if you can get honey in something, or, or uh, it's real sticky. And it will go into all the cracks and crevices, and just for a little while, it'll stop everything up. So that's what the Holy Ghost is doing now. I believe the Holy Ghost is now falling on us to fill in the cracks. Sure, it's still saving. Sure, it's still doing things. But it's coming to a time to where we got to come to a place to where we got to have all the cracks filled. Every crack has got to be filled because you know who's going to step in that crack? Satan is going to wait till that crack opens and he's going to step in it. So we've got to have it where we're right up here where we know we have the virtue of God. We know we have the knowledge of God, the temperance of God, the patience of God, and that we are godly. And that we have brotherly kindness that we're fixing to talk about here in just a minute. We talked about that this morning. Let us make man in our own image. You know, we preached. I was thinking about yesterday. We, Brother Dale preached on this probably in early 2000. 2000s. About this Genesis 1 26 man. And it's never been exhausted since then. For 20-something years, we just keep adding and keep preaching and keep preaching on this Genesis 1. And seeing more and more of what this Genesis 1.26 man was. Amen. It was every believer that gets the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there is no way that it was ever created as we see created is. There was not. Then it is. Because if we had a beginning, if this had a beginning, this has got to have an end. The new birth did not have a beginning. It did in you, but it didn't in God. Amen. All right? We'll read it in just a minute because remember, love, every love is temporary except agape love. Every love. Every love is going to go away when we get on the other side. What is on the other side, Brother Branham? Perfect love. Perfect love is agape love. You cannot have perfect love and have filial love. Filial love has conditions, it has cracks, it has holes, it has ups, it has downs. Am I preaching to the right congregation today? To me, agape love takes the human emotion out of it. Think about that. Because Jesus Christ said, I wish that all would be saved. Now, he wished that. But he knew they wouldn't. So his zeal was, okay, I want everybody to be saved, but I know that they're not all going to be saved. So therefore, I'm not going to force it on anybody. I'm going to put it out there, and then I'll see. I've already seen who's going to accept me and who's not going to accept me. But i got to put it out there anyway. So then in the Old Testament, he starts with Moses, David, Samson. We were talking about it this morning. They had power, but they didn't have character to go with it. And they were somewhat messed up in different, different, different times of their life. But you and I are not that anymore. We have the blood of Jesus Christ to take care of all sin. Right. 
Listen, it's still a sin-killing gospel, folks. I'm telling you. <clears throat> but let's talk about brotherly kindness. Let's get into this. Let's skip some of this. Remember, it means it's Philadelphia, our brotherly love. It's the love of brothers or sisters. And brotherly love, we're going to let the Bible explain to us what brotherly love is, if that's all right. And it's, and it's the love of Christians <clears throat> that they cherish each other as brethren. And God is love, but love typically produces obedience. That's what we were talking about. If I, if I have the correct husband or the correct wife, and I love them even with filial love. But that's what Brother Brown, remember what he said. He said, pick a husband and wife. He said, don't pick them by outside appearances. Because that's filial love. That's even lust. Right? He said, look at their what? Character. How many times have you heard us tell you? Kids, get born again. Marry somebody that's born again. Because at least you have agape love in your soul. And somewhere you can get in there with filial love. Alright? It ain't going to be a, a, a cure-all because you have filial love because you're human. But that agape love in your soul is what you need to let take over and let, that will produce obedience. Being disobedient is what gets us all in trouble. Husbands, wives, sisters, brothers. Being disobedient is what gets us in trouble. And usually it's not just one person. It affects a lot of people. All right. <clears throat> For those who do trust in Christ, in other words, make him your head, and just trust in what he said, they receive what they don't deserve, which is grace. And have withheld what they really deserve, which was mercy. Which side are you on? Do you have eternal life? Or you still have the wrath of God abiding on you, and I said in you, because that's where it is. So this is where we're at this morning. Let's start right here, just for a little bit. <clears throat> Matthew 24, verse 12 says, Because iniquity shall abound. Now, what is iniquity? Iniquity is knowing to do better, and you don't do it. Or you know to do it, and you don't. Works both ways. All right? And because iniquity shall what? Abound. In other words, heap up. Not going to be just a little bit. The love of many. So what eats the love of God? Iniquity. The love of God shall wax cold. Brother Brown, you must be born again. He talks about the rainbow. After that comes from agape love to filial love. That's the love that you have for your wife. If some man would insult her, you'd shoot his brains out. See? Because it creates a jealousy. Now look. It creates a jealousy. Okay? Formulates. Creates a jealousy. It creates all these things that you really don't need. But watch. Because it creates a jealousy, but that's filial love or secondary love. Then comes lust for another man's wife. Then comes filth. See, it just becomes perverted. But all of this kind of love had a beginning. So all love had a beginning except agape love. Agape love can't be eternal and have a beginning. It's like I said before, if God ever loved you, he can never unlove you. If he saw that you loved him, he can't unlove you by the things that we do. And that we, we, we like um, I said many times before, we spend a lot of time getting water baptized. We spend a lot of time, you know, getting redone. 
They somewhere you're gonna have to put stake down and say, "Look, I've had enough of that." This is human error and mistakes. It's going to happen. I don't need to be baptized if I lose my temper. If it did, every one of you, we'd have to baptize you every day. I'd just have to stay up here and we'd be wrinkled by the time we got done. Sister Rebecca's laughing. Praise the Lord. We would. Can we keep it separate? There is a time when you better realize you need water baptism. You better know that you need this Genesis 126 man. But once you do, there's a humanity part that we live. And this humanity part that we live is human. All right? Let's learn to keep it separate. Now watch this. But then a real genuine love of God that I've been talking about comes to the human being by the new birth. Now look, it's not in there. It comes in by the new birth. Being born again, it, it had no beginning, and it'll never have an end. You are then a son of God and a daughter of God, and your affections are on things above. You stop that cussing. <laughs> you, stop that, you stop all that other stuff. Filial love would make you shoot a man for insulting your wife. Agape love would make you pray for his lost soul. That's the difference. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, 1958. They come all the way down from filial love or agape love to filial love and on down to lust and to the lowest. And as we were talking this morning, listen, God can condescend and come and get you. Satan's not going to. Then God himself became a man, Jesus, came down that same way to the lowest pits of hell, picked out those who knew before the foundation of the world whose name was written on the book and redeemed them back to himself. There you are, the story of redemption cannot be fully known until we see him and we stand in his likeness. It's really nice to know that Jesus was God. But how much more nice is it to realize you're God? It's wonderful. The world knows that somehow, somewhere, maybe the second or third person or something, that Jesus was God. They don't know how to put it in there, though. But you and I know where to fit it at. But we need to fit ourselves in that, too. Amen. There you are. The story of redemption cannot be fully known until we see him and we stand, what? In his Genesis 126. I hope some of y'all are praying. <clears throat> well, you got your eyes closed. Then sixthly, let's add brotherly love, brotherly kindness. Now, that's a good one right here. Six, seven, all right. Adding brotherly kindness. When we get to brotherly kindness, put yourself in his place on the matter. That's a hard thing for us to do. It's really hard for us to put ourselves in someone else's situation. My brother sinned against me. Shall I forgive him? Talking to Jesus. Seven times? Oh, Peter thought, man, I'm doing a good job. Uh, Jesus said, no, 70 times that. Brotherly kindness. Now, you see, if a brother is all out of tune, don't be impatient with him, see? No, see? Be kind to him. Go anyway. Somebody said not long ago, how can you believe these things the way you do and still go to the assembly of God, the oneness, and all the rest? Then put, see, brotherly kindness. Hoping someday, see, patient with him. So you got to use all these verses. Patient with him, temperate with him, enduring with him, having knowledge to understand what he believes. Right. I like to know what people believe. 
I like for them to explain to me. If you can't explain to me what you believe, you really don't believe it. Remember, because remember the quote where uh, someone said, you only really believe what you obey? You only go obey what you believe in. If you don't believe church is important, you won't come. But that's contrary to the Bible. Very contrary to the Bible. Antichrist. Well, if it's not word, what is it? It's anti-word to you. But let it go out with kindness, meekness, having faith that someday God will bring him in. But I'm going to tell you all something. I'm going to be a bearer of bad news here just for a second. There's one day that God's going to finish that, and he's not going to have any mercy anymore. Do we not believe that? Are we just going to believe that we're just going to, what we're going to do is we're just going to, from the message, it doesn't matter if we really get right, uh, we're just going to flow right into the ark, go right through the door, and go right on in to safety and... I can do that because I've lost some weight. But I mean, is that what we think Christianity is? We're just going to kind of ease our way in. No. God said, Noah, I've had enough. Get in the ark. And I'm sure, listen, Noah being a human, he still had some friends out there that he said, hey, Lord, just, just give him a little more time. God said, I give him 120 years. He even gave grace. He let it stay open for a few days. Then he shut it. And when he shut it, no one could open it. So what am I saying? Well, we're in the message, so I think we're just going to morph into a change. No, you ain't going to morph into a change. You're going to fight for every inch of ground. I appreciate people that fight their way to church. I can't stand people. Well, here we go. Never mind. Now, here we are now in the, in the New Testament. Everybody with me? We're now in the New Testament, all right? The Old Testament, you had a commandment, right? Ten of them, plus the Levitical law and all that. But I'm going to read you something in Leviticus in just a few minutes. It may just, like, flip your switch a little bit. But here Jesus is standing in John 13, 34. Now, he's the new commandment. So he says, a new commandment I give unto you. He's not erasing that commandment. Right? He's magnifying it and telling you you can live it. Because the Pharisees spent all their time saying, you can't live it. You got to come to us. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to wash the pot. You got to light a candle. You got to say, you know, 10 Hail Marys and all that stuff. I'm bringing it up to today. Listen. The Catholic Church came from that Pharisee spirit that was Je- when Jesus was here. If you can't see that, you're blind. It's not a different devil. It's the same devil in a religious organization that just brought it up to A.D. 300, A.D. 600, Nicaea, and just plopped it right down in the Christian church. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now, they were told that in the Old Testament. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. 
as I have loved you. So the new commandment is, it's not just love everybody. As I have loved you, you got to love everybody else. Everybody with me? Look, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one to another. Remember, we discussed it this morning. Disciple means discipline. They were disciplined to what Jesus had told them. Proverbs 25. This is the Old Testament. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread. Boy, that's contrary. If he be thirsty, give him water. Oh, bless God, let him starve. Let him drown. Uh, Listen. It's hitting all of us. All right? For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward you. The best way to make somebody mad at you is to do good to them. Oh, they love road rage, and they love for you to be in their face, and you don't need to argue, 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 because you're just two devils arguing with each other. Sorry. <clears throat> I said two devil. <laughs> arguing, you're arguing back and forth, right? right? But if you say, where was we at? And we said, if you say God bless you to somebody or have a blessed day, some of people, it's like you smack them in the head. Because they ain't going to hear that. They're going to hear all them other cussing. That's what it's going to do, though. So then what do you do? You transfer what was going to be on you. You transfer it to that person, your enemy. I'm just over here. I'm left-handed, so I'm over here in front of you. So. <clears throat> My wife's sitting over there. I can't go over there. But what you're doing is you're heaping every bit of that that they're trying to throw on you if you don't back and forth. Everybody with me? Can you see that? You, you, and you see that when you start an argument with somebody. Just stop. Stop and say, God bless you. you. You have a good day. And then turn around and walk off. It will eat them up. It will heap coals of fire on their head. They'll get so inside. They're like. If they had just said one more thing. Well, don't say that one more thing, and it'll just heap everything on his head. And guess what? The Lord said he would bless you for doing it. Did we not read that? And the Lord shall reward thee. Isaiah 42, verse 21 says, The Lord is well, this is Isaiah. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. Now remember, in Isaiah 42, that would be in the Old Testament, but it is speaking of, and Jesus through the different prophets in the New Testament, he's going to say the exact same thing. Because he didn't do away. He can't do away with the law. He magnified the law. A a new commandment I give to you. Watch this right here. And make it honorable. Matthew 5, verse 37. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than this cometh of evil. You have heard that it's been said. Now, wait a minute. Where'd they hear that? Where'd they hear that? They heard in the synagogue. They heard a preacher. Right. That's right. Tell you, somebody pokes you in the eye, poke them back. Because that's what the Old Testament says. If they knock your tooth out, knock theirs out. 
If I kill your brother, go kill him. That was the Old Testament. That was the Levitical law. But what did Jesus come to do? Not to take it away, but to make it livable. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, this is the word. This is that John 1, 1. This is the word that has become flesh that's now talking to me and you. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, give him the other one. If a man will sue you into law and take away your coat, give him a cloak. How many of y'all would do that? Didn't think so. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, well, I'm tired. I'm tired. Jesus said, go two miles. If this, will, if this will take care of the situation, all right, then we're good. We're, praise the Lord, we're good. No, Jesus said, just go another mile and make it more better. Make it where it heaps the coal on top of their head. Give to them that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You know you're not supposed to, according to the Bible, you're not supposed to lend brother a brother money and, that, and get interest off of it. You know you're not supposed to do that, right? That's not life lesson. That's the Bible. So you should never charge your neighbor or your brother if you, let him, if you loan somebody money. Don't charge them interest because the Bible tells you not to. You've heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Look, hold on, man. Sue, listen to this. Thou shalt... I know. Just, we're going to have a repentance party here in just a few minutes. But, <laughs> all right. The Bible says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then what the Bible says, the Old Testament, says love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But I say unto you. Now listen, the person that's saying but I say unto you is this person right here. Remember, this is still the new birth, the Genesis 1 man, the, the one that was not created, that's eternal, that's, that's, that's not an offshoot of God. It is God in another form called a bottle of water. All right? Or the Genesis 1, 26. This is the one that's talking. Everybody with me? This, is ta- this came into human flesh 2,000 years ago as a baby. This was inside of that man. Right? Wasn't another person. Wasn't a, uh, uh, well, Jesus wasn't God. He was another person and he became God. Well, I need to know where that other person's at. Then we got two or three persons. We got a schizophrenic God and we don't need to serve him. All right? Them. We have one God. He was born a baby. He could do that. But this was speaking because this, when it comes into you, has got to speak the same thing. That's why we've messed up down through the ages. We've not listened to this. We've listened to that spirit realm that's wrapped all the way around this real tight. Because remember, God can't tell you a lie. God can't tell you an untruth. God can't lead you into error. So it's either the devil or him. One of the two. All right, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Y'all ready? And hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. 
Bless them that cuss you. In southern language. Do good to them that, hey, well, bless God, I'll get them back by the end of the day. You just wait and see if I don't. Mm-hmm. I, you're not at brotherly kindness yet. You're not. He said, well, if they were, this, this is a lot of y'all. Uh, wait a minute. Y'all, y'all. Now, if it's a believer, I'll forgive them. Yeah. If they go to Lula Church, I'll forgive them. That's easy. <laughs> Your neighbor don't go to this church. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. The Dales do. But, sorry, so we're exempt. But most of your neighbors don't go to this church. My neighbors are gay. Full-blown, for years, 30 years they've been living together. Okay? Now, I got to look at them with the same love that God looks at me. If not, he can't look at me like he should be looking at me. I told y'all, brotherly kind, all these others, everybody's like, oh, praise God, godliness, that's good. Yeah, we got some virtue, we got some knowledge. Oh, man, I'll get rid of that temper. We're going to have some, well, some. We'll get rid of that. I, I got patience now. I got the patience of Job. But if I got to love my neighbor as I do myself. And so for those of you that live way out in the country and don't have neighbors, just consider it, go put your path a little bit wider. Somebody, everybody's got a neighbor somewhere. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. That's a hard one. Okay, pray for me. It's hard for me. Nobody said amen, so pray for me. <clears throat> And pray for them which despitefully use you. Listen, this is somebody that's going to use you in a spiteful way. And persecute you. Look, that you may be the children of your father. Your father produced this right here. That you can be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward is that? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what are you more than others? Do not even the publicans do that also? In other words, Jesus is saying the normal. This is the norm right here. Right, right. He don't want you to be the norm. Right. We got to rise above that. Amen. Right. Oh, then verse 48, after all this, it's be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. John 15, 9 says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, and continue ye in my love, my agape. Right. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. 
Now, we're fixing to give you the two best commandments of, of, of all the ten. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Listen, every time we come to a revelation, you, you, all of us, every time we come to a revelation, you know what? God's happy. Because something has bound you and he can't get to you. But if it's revealed to you and you come out from that, God can reveal more. And then you're moving further. And then, because without revelation, what? We're nothing. Brother Brown said we thrive on revelation. Because if, if, you're, if you're backslid, that means you haven't gotten anything revealed to you. Revelation is continuing. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Divine Love, 1956. Brother Adam said, Now we are faced in a day it's prophesied that brotherly love would become a strange thing among the people. And it's to my humble belief that that is the greatest of all gifts that there is in God's Bible. Now this is 1956. He hasn't really got, he's still in the healing campaign. He's still preaching to Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostals. He hadn't really got to his message yet. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? All right. He's getting us back to the day of Pentecost. He's getting us back to what they already believed in the first church age. But remember, we left our first love in the first church age. If the Lord Jesus would stand in the platform tonight, look me in the face and say, I'm going to give you your choice. In other words, let's, let's paraphrase this. Uh, you can be a great person, a great minister. I'll give you a gift, gift of preaching. He did all that. I'll give you the gift of teaching. I'll give you the gift of divine healing. I'll give you the gift of prophecy. Or I'll make you a prophet or any fine gift of faith, any of the gifts that's in the Bible. Now look how important he's fixing to put on this other thing. Any of the gifts that's in the Bible, I'll give them every one to you, but then I will withhold love from you. Or either I'll give you love and withhold the gift. I'd say, Lord, take all the gifts and let me have the love. For no matter how many gifts we got, they will never do us any good except the love of God is the motive behind the gift. Amen. We must have agape. 1957, I will restore. Jesus spoke, Paul did rather, said, let brotherly love continue. That was in the first church. But something taken place, and there was a fellow came in by the name of a pommel worm. And when he began to eat on that vine of brotherly love, he cut the very sap line of it. Because it don't make any difference how smart you are, how much we think we know, or how much we want to be different from somebody else. As long as that brotherly feeling isn't among us, we are fighting a losing battle. Amen. That's right. We can't when there's no way for us to win. We all believe Brother Brown was a prophet, right? Amen. And what he said, we need to believe. Okay, all right. 
So let's continue on. Now let's talk about selfish. To be selfish is to be what? Concerned excessively. That's okay to take care of yourself. Take care of your house first. But excessively or exclusively with oneself. You're nothing but a selfie stick. Selfiness is one of the biggest obstacles to having the kind of close relationship with God and and an inspiring relationship with other people that many of us desire. Selfishness cuts us off. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live. Remember, I preached several sermons on uh, two lives. Because he said the life I now live, which meant he was living a life before that. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20, it teaches us that living by faith in the Son of God means you no longer live, but Jesus lives in you. This, right here. All right? So if we want to have a close relationship with God and other people, you'll need to learn to leave yourself behind. 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, think about that. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, man's come to a place to where, you know, we used to make an honest living. You'd go to work. You'd work your hours. You would produce something, right? You'd go to a building. Let's say we go to General Motors. Some of you work to GM. You'd go to GM. You had all your parts there. You, you trusted that the, this company would give you all the tools that you needed. You would, at the end of the day, I think General Motors at one time was running um, um, a car every minute. So you were, there was a car a minute going out. Big building, 1,200 people working. You got all this equipment. And they made money from that. Because they would take the, like Brother Danny would take the product, put it together, tangible, ship it, pack it, ship it, and go over here, and somebody buys that, right? Right. Folks, let me let you in a little secret. When Facebook went public, it was just an idea. And a man became a billionaire over just an idea. These YouTube influencers that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, that's all they are. They talk online. There is nothing they produce. Oh, yeah, up here, but there's nothing tangible. They don't go to work to a job. They don't put something together and then sell it to somebody else. They talk. Mainly about their self. YouTube influencer. Is that what it's come to? What it's come to is, is that it's just the devil, a farce of the devil. He is telling you you can produce something and there's nothing there. Listen, God will give you the parts. God will give you the place to do it here. And he'll give you the ability to do it. But when you put something together, what do you produce? You produce a Christian life. And you take that product out to the world. Not... A YouTube influencer. The people has got too selfish. That's what they're doing. They're not going to work anymore. They're going to send it home. Of course, COVID helped a little bit of that. But the people's got too selfish, got to a place where they think they live in a little world. That's where I got the idea about the influencers. Because that's what it is. It's all a YouTube influencer does what? Talks about their world. They vlog. 
blog and make millions off of that. Off of talking. Gosh, I should be a billionaire. And people say that's known me. Amen. People got too selfish. They got to a place where they think they live in a little world all by themselves. You know that's the truth. Well, you know it used to be out in the farm when we had a neighbor and the neighbor gets sick. We'd go help them do the work, cut wood, bring it in. Now you don't even know your neighbor's dead unless you read it in the paper. That's right. Selfish. People pass down the street while we grab a hold of one another's hand, shake their hand, say, how are you, brother? And today they pass on the street. They give a little silly grin. And that is right. Sister Esther sent me the, the quote. It was me that did that, not Brother Branham. About four or five times in, in the message. So that's what he's referring to. He's, getting, he's dishing his wife a little bit right here. And today when they pass on the street, they give a little silly grin. Because that's what she said. She said, I grinned at them. <laughs> Throw their head up in the air. Oh, my, no wonder the love's gone. I despise that old somebody feels they're bigger than somebody else. After all, you're six foot of earth. That's all you are. That's right. Everybody. 1954, and I recognized the other day a selfish spirit coming upon me. It's hard for people to swallow. Saying, this man's wrong. I ought to tell him about it. He said, that's wrong. God's the one to tell him about it. That's not none of my business. But my business is to preach the gospel and love everybody. Move on. Love my enemies as Jesus loved me when I was his enemy. Do you remember that? We were all enemies to God. Okay? We were all the enemy of God. So all in one boat. But my business is to preach the gospel and love everybody. Move on. Love our enemies as Jesus Christ loved me when I was his enemy. When I was unlovely, he loved me to his bosom. And anybody that's unlovely, let me love them the same. Let the spirit that was in Christ be in us. Amen. Let that be our plea today is to be as loving as Jesus Christ is. Because, I mean, I, how many of you, when you come to the Lord, was in a real good shape? Think about it. No. You was about in your lowest of low. You had come to the end of your rope, tied a knot, and was hanging on. Or you'd done something incredibly stupid that you couldn't get yourself out of. That's when the Lord comes. So guess what? Tell me that agape love is conditional. It is not conditional. He loved you at the unlovablest, that's the word, part of your life. And what did that love do? He showed that love and it drawed you to it. Amen? Praise God. That's a revelation if you'll hang on to that. Look, listen now, 1954. Brother Brown says, Now let us hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering. He's quoting scripture. He is faithful who hath promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good work. Now, listen, a lot of us provoke other things. Praise the Lord, every one of you. We're a provoker. But now the Bible tells us to provoke one another unto love and good work. Provoke means to what? Encourage. We think not, but it is. Encourage one another unto love and to good works. If you see a brother in the church, now watch, that's got something against the other brother, don't say something to stir that thing up. 
How many secret sinners have I hit there? Praise the Lord. Don't say something to stir that thing up, but say something that will bring them together. Provoke one another unto good works and to love is what we must do. What is it? That's a man that's born again. If you, my brother, tonight don't feel that way, when you see your brothers falling out and sharp words between one another, if you don't feel like bringing them together, it's your time to go to the altar. That's right. There's something happened in your life. There is something you've been deceived in. You haven't the experience that God wants you to have. For Jesus, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And was spoken evil of, he spoke not back again. And when they done evil to him, he turned and did good to them. When they persecuted him and nailed him to a cross, he looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If that kind of spirit's not in you, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost has never entered you yet. For that was the same spirit that was on Christ Jesus. The Bible said, let it be in you. Christ is in his church. That's a pretty powerful statement. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. That goes to that quote that I just read you. If a root of bitterness comes up, Brother Brown said, what? You need to cut it off. You need to help the brother instead of, so we like to get a brother down and then beat him while he's down. All right? Let's read what Brother Brown said about Smyrna in church age, 1960. The only thing the matter is, got all these little differences away from you. Little isms, little funny feelings around you for brother. And things like that. Shake it away. Don't let no root of bitterness ever get into your soul. If you do, it'll canker you. Right? Keep love. I don't care how much people hate you. Love them anyway. If you can't do that, you ain't, you the ain't, you ain't sealed. You got a loose place yet. So come on, on back and get that sealed up right good with the blood of Christ. That'll cleanse you from all roots of bitterness, yes. Jehovah Jireh, 1957. <clears throat> but Abraham, the man of God, gave Lot his choice. Remember, Abraham stood there, and they stood on a mountain, and they saw the great plain over here, and it was really green grass, but there was Sodom. Then you had all this other desert over here, and Abraham didn't say, Now, bless God, uh, Lot, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that started this thing. Okay, I got you out and brought you with me, which was wrong to begin with, but Abraham thought he was doing a good job. But he said now, uh, or he should have said like us, like, well, well, I'm the first. God spoke to me. He spoke to me first. Then I spoke to you. So, so, So I get the green. You can fight for yourself out there in the wilderness. I mean, in the desert, okay? No, but Abraham, the man of God, gave Lot his choice and took what was left. Oh, I just love that. A real believer will give you your choice. He's willing to take what's left. There's no selfishness in a real believer, not at all. Romans 12, verse 9 says, Love be without dissimulation. In other words, strife and differences. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring 
one another. Luke 6, verse 26 says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Reading Bible. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully, which means falsely accuse, which despitefully use you. And to him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer him the other. Him that take away your cloak, this is a part of the other scripture we read, take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that man should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thanks have you? Thank have you. For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them who you hope to receive. Ah, boy, that just beat us all right there upside the head. Don't tell me. At a point in your life, you give something, want something in return. Yeah, you have. If you shake your head, you're lying. But it's hard to do is to give it with no strings attached. Right? Remember life lesson number 488? Dave Ramsey tells us. Don't ever let your kids borrow money from you. Right? right. Give it to them. Because right. if you loan it to them, he said Thanksgiving dinner does not taste the same with somebody sitting across the table that owes you money. That's true. Right. And that's the truth. <laughs> and if, all right. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again. But love you, your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us, loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, who? God. That he who loveth God loveth his brother also. 1 John 3 verse 13 says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Wow, that's pretty strong there, John. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. First Peter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, 
Be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing. But contrarywise, blessings. Knowing that ye are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. He didn't say your favorite. If you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Amen. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Folks, that's divine forgiveness. Because you can forgive. The hardest part is going to be you forgive somebody, you're still going to remember it. And it may eat at you if you let it. But thank God, when God forgives you, it's divine. It goes in forget. See if God forgiveness never to be remembered again. But it bothers us because we see our faults and we see all the failures that we have. But why don't we start looking at Christ inside the person? But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. In other words, your prayers have stopped. You get no blessing until you. Forgive. Well, I'll forgive them if they'll forgive. Uh, if they'll if they'll come to me, I, I, I'll, I'm I'm gonna just forgive them. I'm gonna write it down, put it in my Bible. That that's that's um, um that that seems like a holy thing to do. I'll put it in my Bible, or I'll put it near a prayer cloth. No, I ain't what it said. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. So listen, you're stuck. God cannot speak to you until you get this taken care of. Why do we have problems? Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The Bible tells us why. Because we not discern the body of the Lord. Philippians 2, verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Perfect Faith, 1963. I want you to look at this. I found this quote. Now, faith is based on forgiveness. Right. Then. And we'll talk about that a little later. I don't want to get into it right now. I just want you to see that. Faith is based on forgiveness. I want you to kind of run that around in your head until Wednesday night. Faith is based on what? Forgiveness. I just read you. If you don't forgive, God can't use your faith to forgive somebody else. Faith is based on forgiveness. Listen, 1965, we'll close. Uh, come on, musicians. But because of the selfishness that got among it, the objective was wrong. Signing up a bunch of stuff, it would be this way, when they promised they would do it for the kingdom of God, but looks like it was for themselves. 
That's why I say you need to check your motive and objective because a lot of times we'll say, oh, this is the will of God. This is what, this is what God wants. And I'm going to tell you something. In this message, God changes his mind more than any other religion there is. Right. This is the will of God. I'm supposed to do this. And then two months later, God changes his mind. And something else happens. Well, I've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it or not. But we, you better check your motive and objective. Because, look, it looks like it's for themselves. you got a lot of self involved when you start making these decisions. And it won't work. No selfish thing will work. Your motives and objective has to be exactly, perfectly right. Then you have faith to ask. That's why faith is based on forgiveness. Have you ever thought about that? I hope you do now. Look, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence. But now look, let's turn that around. If our heart does condemn us, we can't have confidence. We can't have F-A-I-T-H. We've got to have confidence. I want this to be the honor and glory of God. Then faith has a channel to move into. If it doesn't, then you got mental intellectual faith and not genuine faith from God. That intellectual faith will get you nowhere. Might get you emotional, but it won't get you the healing that you're looking for. Yes. We might be sick because we can't forgive. I just read you every bit of that, and that's all the whole summation of the whole thing. We have a lot of problems because we can't forgive nobody. Let's stand. I told you, brotherly kindness is right up there. I mean, but listen, if you break through it, what, what much more are we going to get? If we get it revealed to us that we've got this self-cocoon that we're in and we're not going to let anybody in and we're not going to get out, how are you going to display God in a cocoon? How are you going to display God hiding him under a bushel like the Bible tells us? Take, can't take the candle and put it under a bushel, right? You're supposed to take the cap off of it and let, the, let your what? Let your, let me put it this way, let your forgiveness shine. Yes. Same thing as light. Let your forgiveness shine. Let somebody see that, oh, he's the most forgiving person in the world. Everybody okay with that? Well, no, you're probably not. I don't want an answer. But that's our life, folks. And it's right there where that Holy Spirit has got a, you know what the Holy Spirit does? Now, down here, he saves you, right? He saves you, fills you with the Holy Ghost, right? All right, puts you in service to work, to let these virtues work. When you get to that Holy Spirit up there at the top, that ain't playing around. That ain't a baby Christian. That ain't a crying out by Father. That's somebody God is fixing to pour the oil on, and it's going to seal you in as a unit. Then, listen, then God can really work with you. The ring, the signet, the adoption, all the different things. That's where God can work on you because we've got to come to that before the headstone comes. We're not even talking about the headstone. When you talk about adoption and the headstone, two different things. Because they had, that, you know, Paul, different ones, they were way up there. Brother Brown said the early church had all these gifts working, or gifts, or these uh, virtues working in their life. 
working in their life, yet they did not have the headstone, yet they were under a closed book. What about us with an open book? What a shame it is that we are where we are. I'm talking about all of us, that we're stuck in a cocoon of selfishness. Let's be unselfish. Let's give ourselves away. Let's sing a song. God bless you. I love him too much <coughs> to fail him now to Somehow I love him too much to fail him now. Love him and too much to fail him you not even have to think and rehearse, Lord. You said in the Bible that we come to a certain place, and Lord, do not even think about what we're going to say, but let the Holy Spirit speak, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit come up out of our sister, Lord, deep down inside, and may it speak the words. Lord, even though it may be harsh words, but Father, may it be uh, uh, lathered up with honey, Lord, and be, be smooth as it goes, Lord, to cut and to do the things it needs to do, Father. Give her wisdom to do this, Lord. Give her wisdom, Lord, to, to speak to, to Jenny, Lord. We know she's a sinner that needs you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will touch her. Just touch her life and take that drinking away and all the different things, Lord, that she's hampered with. And she's just, she's just needs you, Lord. I pray that you just touch them now in Jesus' name. The whole family, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just do that. You just don't think. Just go. Just, you know what to do. Just go. sometimes the circumstances that we've come upon Lord but we realize that you're in control and you said you would never put anything on us that we can't take father 
So I pray that you'd help my mother to realize, Lord, that this situation is not helpless and hopeless, Lord. That there's something good got to come out of this, Father. I pray that you'd help my dad, Lord, that you would just strengthen him, Lord, in his body and, Lord, in his mind, Father. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just believe that. That's, that's all you got to do, man. That's all you got to do. She needs it bad. I know. Just, she just needs it. is going to be there's a few more things we need to bring out but but there's no greater feeling i told y'all and i'll tell you again i had i had berated a, a, a minister for for something he did which was none of my business and i held on to that for a few years but one day i came to a realization that I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it was just heavy. Heavy. I mean, like a load was on top of me. Because you know what, Sister Rebecca, I would, I would, I'd get a sermon. Give me a minute. I'd, I'd get a sermon and I'd think, man, this is good. Everybody's going to really enjoy it. They really enjoyed sleeping through it. That was about all I got out of it. 
The Lord let me go through that for a while. Always, always, there was a little voice inside that says, you got to make that right. Now listen, one thing about this whole situation is, is God had enough confidence in me to tell me that. If he didn't have any confidence, he's not going to waste his voice and tell you you need to do it. But I'll promise you, you're talking about a load being lifted by just picking up the phone and calling the brother and say, look, man, I'm sorry. I said something against you that you did of your own accord and it was your business and I didn't have any business talking about your business. And he said, Brother Wade, he said, you're forgiven. He said, won't you come preach for me? But you talk about when I hung that phone up. You talk about feeling clean. You know, you get out and work, and I know Donnie's done it. Uh, I'm not saying the rest of you are not workers. But Donnie gets in, and he gets grime all over him, and he's got, you know, he's got soot and, and tar and, and oil in places he shouldn't have it because he worked all day. He got into his job, and boy, what a nice thing. Sue's like in the shower, right? Same way with all of us. Jim's like, you've been in the garden all day. Take a shower. But don't you feel refreshed when you do it? It don't matter how tired you are. You get in that shower and you let the water run and you just kind of, you know, you sing a little bit and you kind of let the water and you, you massage yourself with. That's what you give soap for is to massage yourself with. You know that? It's not to clean you. It's just to massage you. Anyhow. But uh, don't you feel good? You feel, you know, Brother Gary, different one. He's got sawdust in his ear and he got sawdust in his hair. And Julie's like, nope, mm-mm, go shower. And you go take a shower and you feel so clean. Well, that's how I felt when I got off the phone with that brother. And then I would, then you know what? I went on with the Lord. I made it through that hurdle. It's not just saying I, I me, me. You got to do the same thing. I'll promise you. But now listen. Here's the sad part. If you're not his child, he won't condemn you. Right? Remember, you're a bastard child. He ain't got to take care of you. He has no, he only his Genesis 1, 26 kids. So if you say, now, come on, throw tomatoes at me, please. If you say, oh, that don't bother me, you're not born again. Why'd you stop playing? <laughs> so that they could throw, you just going to look and see if I could throw tomatoes at me or what? But no, listen, you're not because there's nothing in there to bounce off of. To live this right here. How many, you tell me how many people in the world that's not born again can live what I just preached today. Not one to the T. But he's made it where we can. Because he's a good daddy that will bring these to your remembrance. Oh, we like for him to bring the good things to our remembrance. But what about the things that he says, hey, you're not going any further till you get that right. It's going to hinder you until you get it right. But all oh, when you get it right, what has he done? He's taken that wrapper off. And now you can move to the next thing. And now you can move to the next thing. And now you can move to the next phase of your Christian journey. 
But I promise you, you won't move until you get to a place to where you can forgive and not expect something in return. I didn't expect the brother Dave to, to, you know, I, I knew what he would do. I knew he would forgive me. But I had to hear it for myself. I had to get it clear with me. Was it for him? Nope. It was for me. He probably never thought a word about it because he never heard what I said. But when I told him, he said, well, bless God, you shouldn't have done that. You, I'm going to hang up on you. Well, that would have showed who he was. But he said, Brother Wade, he said, don't worry about it. He said, I forgive you. He said, now come preach for me. Well, I hadn't yet, but I will. I've never been, I haven't been up that way in a while, so. But uh, it just make, But then it makes you feel a lot better, though. Let's don't carry these weights. What did the Bible say? These weights that so easily beset us. Can you run better with a fifty-pound pack on your back or with nothing on your back? You can run a lot better with nothing on your back. Well, if you carry the load out that door and don't get it right, it's a fifty-pound bag of junk on your back. That you know what you're doing? You're carrying it. You're carrying it selfishly. Because you're saying, they need to come to me. Or I don't have to really do that. But who are you heaping coals on then? You're heaping coals on yourself. Take that thing off. Let's give it away. Take care of it. There's, there's, there's a one way to do it, and that's to forgive and be forgiven. That's brotherly kindness. That's the love for the brethren. And that's true love. That's not filial love. That's agape love. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, for this day you've given us. Thank you for even giving us a chance to forgive and be forgiven. Lord, you died to give us a chance to be forgiven. And Lord, we come to that and we see that you saved our soul. And then we got to start work on the next guy. The memory, reasoning, consciousness, affection, and imagination. And Lord, we got to start getting those flues cleaned out. So that we can be, as the prophet said, a, a living instrumentality of God. With no flues stopped up. Lord, I pray that the... 50-pound bag will be lifted from us today, Lord. Lord, by us seeing you and others, and even though we don't see you and others, may others see you and us. Father, forgive us of our sins and our mistakes, Lord, that we make. We ask your blessings on the people on they leave on the highways. Be with the ones that are sick again, Lord. We, we pray the return of the ones that are gone. And, Lord, give us our daily bread. Be with us next weekend with Brother Richard, Lord, and Brother Mike, Lord. Keep them strong and, and give us a good time in you, Father. And just bless us now and take care of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Now, remember, fill out your forms if you need them, um, your menus, all right? If you're coming next Sunday, fill out the menu so you can eat. Saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for...